Welcome back in. Episode 2 of Bearcat Rewind. We appreciate everybody downloading and hopefully subscribing as well and tuning back into our podcast. As I mentioned, Episode 2, Episode 1, we got things rolling with Mel Churchman and Jim Sabota, the former head coach, as well as a former offensive coordinator for Northwest Missouri State. Had a lot of fun with that conversation. We hope you enjoy the conversation we have coming up today as well. Another former Northwest Missouri State head coach, a young man that was a GA for the 1999 Northwest Missouri State football ball team and then in 2009 the offensive coordinator and this might give it away as well if you haven't figured out who it is just yet turned around and won three more national championships as a head coach for northwest in 2013 15 and 16 it is adam doral now the currently the head coach at abilene christian university down in texas we caught up with adam just before their season started, John Coffey and I did. So uh, had a lot of fun with this conversation, talking Northwest football, a little Abilene Christian football in Texas as well. And then it kind of actually took a turn, and we heard a little bit about uh, Little League Baseball for Adam Dorland, and what he was like back then. So you'll have to listen to this podcast. We had a lot of fun. Um, really enjoyed it. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Now, Bearcat Rewind is sponsored by the Northwest Missouri State Alumni Association and the Northwest Foundation. You're invited to celebrate the kickoff of the Forever Green Campaign for Northwest October 24th at 3.30 at the Bell Tower on campus. The Forever Green campaign is part of an effort to pave new pathways for students to excel, be a champion for Northwest, and leave your legacy. You can help make the vision of the Forever Green campaign a reality for students who will come to know what so many others have learned. Nothing compares to being Forever Green. So come out to celebrate the campaign kickoff. Once again, that's October 24th at the Bell Tower, the Forever Green campaign. Once again, thank you to the Northwest Alumni Association and the Foundation for their support of our podcast. Without further ado, we're going to dive in and hear from former Northwest Missouri State head coach Adam Doral. Well, joining us now, uh, head coach of Abilene Christian University down in Texas and a surefire M-Club Hall of Famer here in Maryville, Adam Doral. Coach, we appreciate you hopping on and chatting with us. And It's been a little while. Can you tell us... Uh, what it's like taking the reins of a head coaching job down south? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been man, it's been really challenging at times, and obviously that's that's what I definitely wanted wanted a new challenge. And and you know the first year, to be real candid with you, was extremely difficult. Uh, just trying to change the culture and the perspective of of just everything in the program, whether it was academics, com- community involvement, uh, to how we practice, how we train. Uh, to recruiting and so um, you know the first year was uh, we won two football games and uh, it was in a lot of games but didn't know how to win those games and you know jump into last year year number two again got started on a really really slow start could not win close football games and then you know just what midway through the season last year it just finally clicked we beat a top 20 team for the first time in in uh, program history since going Division one, and we randled off, uh, you know, four straight wins, beat Sam Houston State. I just did some really, really good things, and finally won some close football games. And so, it's it's been a lot of fun. I've been really impressed with the people. There's really good people here. Um, Abilene, West Texas, in general, West, they just really remind me of. of uh, it really reminds me of Maryville uh, type of people. Just really good people, good Christian people, and. It's been a good environment for my family to be in, and, and I've enjoyed it. Um, we've seen a lot of growth through the new stadium. We've we're just getting ready to open a new weight room, and so it's just been a lot of fun, you know, learning how to recruit and uh, down here, you know, and the different. It's just a different beast, and I've been really, I think, just just like I was at Northwest. I've been super blessed 
uh, since I've been here to have just a you know phenomenal coaching staff and I don't you you guys have covered sports long enough you get it but I don't think the general fan gets it I mean if you're going to run a football program the you know just you know anywhere from 105 to 130 something kids I have 135 guys on the team here it's just a lot that goes into that if you're doing it right you know the academics and you know, trying to develop young men into men and, and to get them to do things right. It just takes everybody, you know, rowing the boat in the same direction. And so it's just not as easy as I think people think it is. And so um, it's just been really rewarding, and, and we are super excited about the upcoming season. I know, talking with you before we went on, you're also excited about the weather you've had right now to try to get the team ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we are battling a heat wave that uh, came through West Texas. Man, we were, we were so lucky we had this rain they usually don't get in the spring and it's early summer, and then it's just uh, the, the, the spigot has turned off. We haven't seen rain for a while, and it is hot. So, yeah, we're trying to battle through that. Well, Coach, uh, coming up on the 20-year anniversary of uh, one of the greatest football games ever played, that uh, mm-hmm. 1999 Division II championship game, and uh, – you know, that's one of those where, uh, going back to it, there are so many little pieces you can kind of pull away from that one and ask about little moments. But uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a GA for that that club, right? Yes, I was. I was a graduate assistant. I was. I got to coach, uh, in my opinion, one of the best groups on the team that year, the tight ends. We had what I feel like was three, four really, really good tight ends, and they were all good players. When you go through that football game and you experience that uh, as a as a coach on that staff, do you kind of sit back afterward and exhale and say, "This is what it's all about," or you think, "I'm going to have a heart attack by the time I'm 30 if I keep this up"? <laughs> yeah, it was. I do, man. I and John, I remember that game very vividly, just because of the circumstances of the game. Uh, I, I think for me, probably, I remember that year really well, just too because we had a lot of adversity as a football team that year, and that was. That was the first time I'd really ever experienced that as a coach, you know, and, and, and with the passing of Phil Vogie, uh, you know, with Aaron Becker being out, with the team leader, team captain, you know, at the time, you know, an NFL prospect. Um, we just we just had adversity that year. And, and to, uh, you know, I think you guys, will, I'm sure you'll document it. Um, and we had a lot of <laughs> – playoff game challenges as well not just the national championship you know and so i think that's the thing that really stands out to me that i really try to take away from that football team that i try to have always ingrained into the teams that i've coached is just the mental fortitude the mental toughness that that team exhibited uh you know just starting with the seniors man those dudes you know were tough and they they lived it every day they practiced what they preached um those guys loved each other. I mean, they played for each other. And it was just uh, a great experience to be a part of as a, as a really, really young coach. And I really think that really helped mold me to who am I today. You know, I, I had a chance to play for Bart, but to be coaching with Bart again, and obviously with Mel and Jim and Scott, and there was just, um, you know, Coach Gustafson, man, there was just a lot of really, really quality coaches. I think Jay Kaiser was still there at the time, and you know, Jay went into he was Kansas State, and he, Jay's in the NFL right now. And so, I mean, there was just a lot of things that I really extracted from that year, and it was, uh, man, it was a memorable one. 
AD, you talked about uh, the adversity the team faced uh, really off the field. How much did that play a factor uh, in when you got into the playoffs and had to come from behind in so many games, and in particular the national championship game as well with that four-overtime win? How much did some of the things that the team had to face during the season that maybe not quite football-related or the injuries that they had throughout the year, how much being able to overcome that, did that um, play a difference in uh, that championship game? Well, I, I do. I definitely think it was a difference, you know, John. And, you know, I think about, you know, it's really starting with North Dakota, man. North Dakota had us on the ropes. You know, they were getting after us for the first uh, first two quarters. And I think it was maybe the second play of the second half. They ran an inside zone play with their best running back. And Brian Williams just dough-popped the kid and he fumbled. And uh, if I remember right, and it just kind of set the stage for the whole rest of the game. But, I do. I, th- I think that that the the fact that those guys grew so tight together, we were so close as a football team. It was an uh, it's super unselfish football team. Uh, I really think that propelled us in the end in those close games. Whether it was IUP, I mean, you know, people forget IUP was beating us in the semifinals. You know, and uh, just until Scott Quarter fell on the ball in the end zone, you know, but they, it was just. They they were there was a true bond, man. Those guys loved each other. They hung out with each other all the time, um, and, and I really do feel like that really pushed us over the top in those close games. Hey, also, what did the, it mean to you personally, having really played with some of those guys when they were first starting out? Uh, you were part of a, a situation there as. Uh, played on that team in 96 that uh, defeated Nebraska Omaha for the first uh, playoff win in program history. And to, to then see some of these guys that perhaps you were a teammate with come back and uh, become national champions, uh, what did that mean to you as well? Oh, it meant a lot. It did. You know, I always, you know, we, we talked a lot. And what I learned from Mel was, you know, legacy. And it's something I talk a lot about as a head football coach to seniors is like, what do you want your legacy to be remembered at? And you know, the, the senior class that I was with was a great group of guys. You know, our freshman year, we were 0 and 11 to our senior year. We went 11 and 0 in the league, but we ran into, you know, that the buzzsaw out there in Greeley two years in a row in 96, 97 when Northern Colorado defeated us. And so we, we couldn't get it, you know, we ever get there as a player. And so to see those guys and so many of those guys played on those teams, you know, so many of those guys on the 98, 99 team were you know playing a lot of snaps on the 96 97 team and so to see those guys really uh take what they learned in those losses because i really think mel and the guys would tell you that we learned a lot from those losses in 96 and 97 we learned what okay we know what we got to do to win the miaa and at the time it was you know beating Pitt state was the juggernaut well we figured that out now now what do you got to do you know, nationally to, to win those pl- playoff games against that league because that was a really quality league at that time. You know, it had North Dakota, North Dakota State, Northern Colorado in it. Um, it was just a tough, tough league. And so I do, I think it helped those guys, you know, uh, get us over the hump, so to speak, having those those uh, those early losses. You know, Coach Church was obviously building something uh, big when he got to, to Maryville and Northwest Missouri State University um, in 98 and getting that first championship and 15-0, and but to come back and the adversity faced in 99 and to go through a four-overtime game, does that change the tra- trajectory a little bit of back-to-back championships and the way you do it to where this program was obviously going to keep growing and keep rising, but uh, does that one – getting all that notoriety, the eyes on ESPN on Northwest Missouri State, does that kind of blow it up even more the way they beat Carson Newman in 99? 
Yeah, I, I do, and I, I think I'd add one more to that, Matt. I think I think any time, and this is just my opinion in the sports world. I think when you win one championship, I think the the, the consensus of the sporting world in any sport it doesn't matter what the sport is. I think I think there's a consensus is they pat you on the back and they say, you know, good job. But when you win a second one, you know, and kind of get that quote unquote that that dynasty word rolling, I really think the 99 helped propel Northwest on the national stage and it was kind of the the exclamation point of hey we're not going anywhere you know we're going to be here to stay and and obviously Northwest Missouri State has never never left the national scene since 1998 and they've been there and most playoff wins ever of any division two team so I do I think that was the mark that just finally said hey 98 wasn't a fluke man these guys are for real Mel's Churchma and these Jim and Scott and Barr, these guys are for real, and it's a great program. And, it, and it, I think it just really helped the university in general, the community, just just really blow up in a positive way. Well, then as you keep on rolling, as you mentioned, it keeps on growing. Things keep things keep on getting better and better. And then we hit that run of you know five straight national title appearances and the four just a couple breaks here and there. Don't go Northwest Missouri State's way, but in '09. 10 years ago this year, that anniversary coming up, a uh, 30 to 23 win over Grand Valley State in that national championship. Can you give us an inside look where the, what the feeling was like, um, you know, personally, the coaching staff and everybody of, man, we keep getting to the doorstep. We're clearly good enough to win it, but obviously people have those high expectations. You finally get over the hump against Grand Valley State, just that whole process and what those couple years were like. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think, I think for me personally, it, it kind of starts with those early championship games against Carson Newman. Um, you know, people can say what you want, or excuse me, uh, uh, against um, Grand Valley. Uh, people can say what you want. What I took away from those losses is that, in my opinion, from a talent standpoint, those guys at the time were clearly better. Those guys had talent that, that in my opinion, was FCS uh, caliber talent. I think they were, were dabbling a lot in the, you know, drop down transfer. Uh, they were getting FBS transfer type kids. Uh, they were going out of state and out of region to find some guys. And, you know, you, you'd have to ask Mel, but what I took away from that as the coordinator, I just said, Hey, man, we have to grow our product. We have to grow what we're doing recruiting. Uh, we changed some things offensively along the way. Uh, to, to build in for schemes. You know, Grand Valley was uh, a team that was running an even front and an odd front um, and some bear, and, and not to get too complicated, but nobody in the MIAA was doing that. And so, you know, we weren't seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, and then you were getting into uh, a big game against Grand Valley. So to me it started there, like, hey, we need to keep growing the thing, and, and I think we did that with some recruiting. Uh, some of the other losses, you know, Valdosta, Duluth, uh, you know, they, they were honestly very, uh, it was very tough, very challenging because I think our guys played so well that year for so many games. Um, but then to win it in 09, I just, it was a great feeling. I think you guys, I'm sure remember we were dominating that game early. And then like the game of football, you know, it, the momentum, you know, swung on us. Uh, a couple of questionable calls, you know, Miles Burnside the interception. I think they overturned it and, some stuff like that, but, um, you know, never forget the end of the game when it was just, we lined up in 22 personnel and we had a check play. It was 
42 power. It was our best run play with 292 score to Soy. And we were breaking the huddle. And I said to Mel, I said, if they, if they, put, if they go, man, we got to throw the ball here. I know you don't want to, but we have to. And sure enough, man, they packed the box and they put one of those smaller guys out on Soy. And, you know, you know, we all know what Jake Soy was capable of with that deep ball. And, and him and Bowles had connected so well that year. And I, I knew when he let that ball go, I just knew I was just, man, it was a great feeling to see him running into that end zone and just to kind of have that, that monkey off your back, you know, of losing those four games. At least that's how I felt. And it just, it was just a great feeling for our players to get over that hump as well. You know, when you talk about that team, there's obviously some great individual players on that squad that uh, come to mind. Laurent Council, uh, Jake Soy, of course, Blake Bowles, a quarterback. But on the offensive side, one of the things that I think really made that team stand out was just the play of your offensive line. Uh, you had a first-team All-American on that offensive line, and they just, kind of, to me, kind of set the tone for what everybody else was able to do off that squad offensively. Yeah, they did. I thought, you know, Wardenburg, Wiseman, Lesman was on there. Um, uh, Cody John, it was it was a good O line, John. It really was. I thought those guys played. I just thought they were really, really consistent the entire year and how they played. Uh, we, I think, we were very balanced that year between run pass and you know, obviously, Soy had a monster year, but uh, it's Jake. When um, you know, I know Jake would tell you he had a monster year because we could get him singled up so much, and that has to do with with not only that, but you think about the tight end play with Gannon and those guys up front. I thought they played really well and. Brant, I mean, we just were able to run the football, and it, and it really helped uh, help us get soy free on the outside. You know, you talk about being balanced with the run and pass. I think in that national championship game, it really proves your point there with the uh, council 172 yards. Soy had uh, nine catches for 118 yards. So you had a, a running back and receiver both with over 100 yards on the day. And that, again, that just goes back to that uh, balanced attack that you had. Yeah, Jordan Simmons was obviously super dynamic that year. You know, if you remember, we were using him and just really getting him isolated, whether it was out of the backfield. And Jordan was such a smart football player. He's one of the smartest football players I've ever coached. Because, John, you could play him at tailback, man. I think we even did some wildcat with him that year. He would play in the slot, uh, play a wing back, and we would just we did a really good job of getting him matched up on people as well. So it was a fun year, man. We had a lot of weapons. You talk about that uh, soy touchdown there at the end that made it a 10-point game at 30-20 uh, in an iconic play in Northwest Missouri State football history. But the one that's maybe the unsung play of uh, at least that sequence right there, um, if I remember right, it was a third and long, and uh, Bulls checked it down to LaRon mm-hmm. Council, and he scampered for yeah. – I mean, he ding there got that first down and made it a close play to where you do kind of get in, and Grand Valley kind of puts packs the box. But, I mean, that was – a heads-up play for Bulls to dump it off, but then LeRon just doing a lot after the catch. Yeah, it was, and it was it was good Bulls. And the quarterback, man, those guys will tell you on those crucial situations when it's third and long, man, it's so tempting. When the momentum is swung on you, it's so tempting to try to want to force a football. But you're right, Blake did an unbelievable job of going through his progression, and it wasn't there, and so he checked the ball down. And, you know, you got to give him credit because as coach, you coach those kids all the time like, hey, you know, this is potential if we can get anywhere from four to seven yards here. It's probably potentially going to be four-down territory. And it's easier said than done. I talk with our quarterbacks all the time here, like, if you can get me here, you know, I'll give you a chance. But, 
you know, credit him in a pressure situation of getting that done. No, you look at that season, 14-1 and one overall, but uh, again, like a lot of runs to a championship, you, you had to have a little fortune as well, and you go back to that Central Washington game, uh, uh, Tyler Roach blocking a point after attempt that would have tied the game up at that point to, uh, helped uh, get you to that national championship as well. That was a heck of a matchup out in uh, Central Washington that year. Yeah, it was, John. I mean, it, you know, that was, that was a, a, a very two different football programs, in my opinion. You know, we were filled with, with uh, predominantly high school kids, redshirted. They were full of transfers. And, man, that was a slugfest back and forth. Um, great football game. And, you know, the the one you talk about little minute uh, moments along the way, my, my proudest moment from that game is, you know, I've always preached to, to kids and play hard and, and do your 111th. And you, you never know what happens, but I've always tried to get across to my, and I believe this, is that fortune favors the people that play really hard. And if you play extremely hard as an individual and as a player, when you run to the football, when you don't think you need to run to the football, good things will happen. And it was late in the game, uh, and we had run a screen, and I can't remember who it was, fumbled it, but Dane Wardenberg, the backside tackle, had chased that football uh, downfield. I don't remember how many yards, but it was a long way. He had no business being down there. But, again, through his motivation, the type of kids we had at Northwest, that he had trained himself for so many years to do things right, to have attention to detail, which we always preach to him, um, and to fall on that football. And that, that again, that's what the casual fan doesn't understand. That's what Northwest fans don't understand. I get it. It's so what, what you all have been able to see for so many years of the type of kids that come through that program and how much they put into it and how hard they play. And they're, they're just, I mean, literally, their attention to detail is better than the people they play. That's why they win football games. Yeah, they're talented, but they win it because the type of kids they have, the character of those kids, and it just, that's one I'll never forget. Because to me, man, that really, if we don't recover that fumball, game's over. And another one of those seasons where you drop the first game of the season, then go on a run. Of course, ironically for you, you had that first uh, loss uh, that year, or the only loss that year to Abilene Christian down in Abilene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I remember we came down here and, just laid an egg on offense. We played terrible. Um, I was just having this conversation with Will Wagner the other day. Uh, played terrible, and to, to make matters worse, it was it couldn't have been any hotter that night. And then we go to get on the bus, and, and the defense and Mel were on bus one, and the offense was bus two. Our, our air conditioner went out. <laughs> we were driving up 35, heading back to Missouri, and guys were literally in their underwear on the bus, oh, no. just trying to stay cool because it was so hot. That so, sounds, yeah, that sounds like a road trip with John Coffee, to be honest. So. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Now, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, after, uh, you know, you become the head coach of the Bearcats. You win your first championship as a head coach in 13. And I asked you after that football game uh, down in Alabama, um, you know it took Mel about five years to win his first championship. You won yours in, your first in about three. Does that put you ahead of Mel? And then you, you reel off three and four years. I mean, no, you, you give Mel a call and no? Not, <laughs> not even close. That dude's in the College Football Hall of Fame. I'm, uh, I'm blessed when people even – bring my name up when he's around uh and I, I mean that man i i love that man and 
you know, John, you know, John, because you, you've been there so many years, man. Northwest Missouri State football, yeah, there were some good teams in between there uh, and, and been some really good players that have come through there. But just the, the consistency, and, and I think back, um, you know, I, and again, I wasn't involved in, in these meetings and things of that nature, but now as a head football coach, I, I know the importance of a college president, and I look at Dr. Hubbard, and, and the investment that he made to Northwest Missouri State football had to be very significant. And I'm sure that was a difficult decision. And then, you know, the, the guy that I don't think gets enough credit is, is Dr. Red. You know, I think Jim Red is a rock star. Uh, I love that man. He's a mentor of mine. Jim Red did a ton for Northwest Missouri State, and he did a ton for Bearcat football. And he, he's the one I don't think gets enough credit because – Doctor, you have to have an athletic director that can sell a vision to Board of Regents. You guys have an athletic director that can sell a vision to college presidents. That's how this thing works. Hey, and if you got if you got a guy there that can't do that, the funding never gets to the coaches. And so, you know, I, I contribute a lot of that that success and that turnaround to Jim. You know, to to go out and find Mel, um, who nobody knew quite honestly probably who he was coming from a D three school, but Jim, you know, Jim knew football and obviously had a little bit of turnaround but i think that little turnaround that own 11 to 6 and 5 i just i think if you talk to dr hubbard and i just really think that gave them confidence to go we can do this man we can do this and we can be great and just for those guys to have that vision when when there probably wasn't a reason to have that vision is to me what i um why i'm very proud of that place and, and i'm proud that it's my alma mater and in my hometown. You know, you, you talk about uh, some of the players that have come through the program through the years, and you look like in the 80s, he had every about three or four years a, a pretty good team that came up, 84 yeah. comes to mind, 89, but yep. getting that consistently, and again, that has to go, I think, right back to what you talk about with Dr. Red and the leadership he provided and bringing in the right people and uh, and being able to become the consistent winner this program has become. Yeah, absolutely, John, and it's just college athletics, is a, it's a tricky business right now, man, and and uh, there's a great book you ought to read out right now. It's uh, called Saturday Millionaires, and it talks about the the money that uh, that goes into college athletics and the, the potential turnaround. And it's a case study based off Boise State and I think Utah State. I won't bore you with details, but it just gives a good glimpse into if you can fund things, uh, you know, the right way. There's a pretty good chance that from college football standpoint and uh, college men's basketball standpoint how much success it, it goes it goes so beyond athletics what it does for the community what it does for the school what it does for the alumni base the money it generates and so i mean you know you look back at how those and you just really think about how those guys really were forward thinkers to look at something and go man we can take this you know revenue this avenue of football and and athletics at northwest and, and you know make it uh, bigger and better, and it's, it's. I I think, in my opinion, it's certainly done that. Hey, Dan, no time short here, and we'll need to let you go. But uh, one thing I know right now is that uh, noon ball hasn't been quite the same since you took <laughs> off for Evelyn Christian. <laughs> well, I can just imagine. I can just visualize it, John. I hear this from other folks. It's. I mean, when you get Austin Byer, Ben McCollum, uh, Joel Osborne. Floor. I mean, it's just like there's. I know there's not enough basketballs to go around, and so <laughs> when I played, I played point guard, and that way I could distribute the ball who I think should have been shooting or not, and 
you know, if Meyer was hot, I'd get Meyer the ball. And, you know, and then there was just days when McCollum was just having those days, especially during basketball. And I would just give him the ball, and then I'd go pick for him, and we usually won. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one other thing, too. I was cleaning out uh, one of my uh, uh, drawers here, and I came across an old uh, scorebook, a baseball scorebook. And I don't know who the state's more, you or me, but uh, it was, a, I think, a Little League game I did when I was across town and uh, and had you, uh, in, I think, batting fifth or sixth in that game. So. <laughs> <laughs> How many hits did I have? Did you have a mark down? Did I did I go? Hey, you, and you know who my baseball coach, I'm sure was, it was Coach Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he was awesome. He was a great little league coach. We used to we used to have the best. We would go down and take batting practice down and field balls down at South and North Bill in the morning, and then he'd call us all in there and he'd give us a stern talking like, "Don't go over to the swimming pool." And sat outside in the sun all day because we got to leave at five o'clock for Rockport for a game. And sure enough, we'd go over there and sit in front of that pool, <laughs> <laughs> just be burnt to a crib, like a scene off the Sandlot. And then oh. him and uh, Glenn Dietrich, and he was in that way. They'd load us up and drive us over to Rockport. And we'd play baseball. So good time. Oh, you know, good time. You know, you look at that lineup. There's some pretty good athletes off of that team that went on to have success in uh, various sports. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there was like Adam Sheber was on there, Damon Alsup, Nate Blackford. I mean, I could, there was a lot of dudes on that. Yeah, you're right, there was, John. Well, we're really thankful you chose football over baseball in the long run because <laughs> it, it's worked out well for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, when I got to high school, I didn't have much of a choice. I, I wasn't, I loved wrestling, wasn't very good at it. Uh, you know, there's no place in basketball for a 5'10 post player. Uh, was terrible at golf. Um, Loved the game of baseball, but you know, it just again, there wasn't. I wasn't a power hitter, and and, and there's no room for a DH that can't hit for power. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, coach, uh, we really appreciate your time, and it was a lot of fun looking back on a lot of memories that uh, you really had your fingerprints all over this Northwest Missouri State program, and uh, and good luck as you continue to mold there at Abilene Christian. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot for uh, allowing me to be a part of this. It means a bunch. That was a great year, and and good luck to y'all as well. Well, big thanks to Adam Doyle once again for taking some time out and chatting with us. Had Coach Doyle for nearly 30 minutes on the phone there, but uh, really enjoyed uh, hearing from him and catching up on some old times on Northwest Missouri State football there as well. We also want to thank Alex Kurt for producing our intro music and outro music as well, and Austin Hall for engineering our podcast once again. And thanks to the Northwest Missouri State Alumni Association and the Foundation for their continued support. Be sure to watch for a new episode of Bearcat Rewind each Monday throughout the fall. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Once again, thanks for tuning in to Bearcat Rewind. For John Coffey, I'm Matt Tritton saying so long.